On this DMV Sports Roundtable, the twisted world of NBA free agency and how the Wizards fit in, I'm Dimitri Sotis with two of our three regular voices, Jamal Bowens, the security guard who obsesses over sports, and our Skins beat reporter and WTOP Sports Director George Wallace. Our special guest on Skype now is Brian Albin, host of Wizards Radio 24-7. We started with NBA superstars moving from one team to another, just as LeBron James has been doing. The idea that it's not enough to be just a hugely talented player, but you have to move around a lot. That's the trend, and I don't know if that's following LeBron or following some other players, but the days of Magic Johnson with one team. Michael Jordan, Larry Bird, take your pick. That's kind of out the door now, and a lot of guys are floating around, and they seem to think that that's part of the deal of being an NBA superstar. Well, that's the influence of free agency. We see it in football now when it started with Reggie White leaving the Eagles, because back then, just like the players you mentioned in the NFL, you played with one team. That's why you had rivalries. You hated the Cowboys. Daryl Green wasn't going anywhere. None of those players were going anywhere. But now you get free agents. You can mix and match. You can collude, if you will. You can go right on banana boats and take vacations, <laughs> figure out who's going to play where and who's going to do what. But no, those it was a different era. Free agency wasn't in full effect back then, and, and they also had a different mentality. Uh, I don't think if it was, Jordan would not go join Magic. Jordan would not go play with uh, Dominique Wilkins or Isaiah Thomas. I don't think Magic would go play with Bird. I think it's just a different mentality. Is it better now? Is it better because of this? No, no I like the old school. Yeah. I like the competitiveness, you know, instead of teaming up, go beat the guys. You know, you can be, right. you know, like Magic and Bird are friends now, but they hated each other. It was It's true competitiveness. Yeah, I mean, that's what not like. to say these guys are not competitive, but they were competitive to the point where Jordan and Magic, and his, they hated each other. Yeah. Hated each other. You would see Magic and Isaiah kiss on the cheek and then promptly go to the hole and he knocks the hell out of him and, and takes right. him out in the lane. You have no friends on the court. So they're, they're competitive, but it's not the same mentality. It's, yeah, it's and for, for the league as a whole, it's harder to establish actual rivalries mm-hmm. when those teams don't have identities for more than three years at a time. Right. I mean, you know, Golden State, their core, at least it seems, is going to stick together here in terms of Steph, Clay, and Draymond. So they might have rivals still. But, you know, is their biggest rival whatever team LeBron James is on, or is it an actual team? And and sort of that's – it makes it harder to have rivalries when you have Mm -hmm. all the player movement that we've had because just the teams don't have identities for more than three years at a time. And you can't get, you can't be, have a heated rivalry with someone when next year they they might be a teammate. Yeah. It's it's hard to, to do that when the next thing you know, that guy could be on your team and you've got to deal with him in a locker room. You can't have, you can't have a Rodman, Carl Malone sort of a rivalry with, you know, he damn near want to go to blows. And, and back in those days, they did. A lot of those guys did Throw hands. Don't have a lot of that these days because with free agency, you don't know who your neighbor's going to be in the locker room from you know one one month to another, one year to another. And like you know, Brian was talking about the Warriors going to be intact. You know, the Warriors had that crew before KD, and now they're going to have exactly. them after KD. And by the way, the whole retiring his jersey number after three years. I don't think. That, why would you do that? I don't. I, he's not a warrior. 
No, he's he's not. He's he's you know? a Oklahoma City Thunder now. He's yeah. just a mercenary. <laughs> that sounds very much just like a big. We are very sorry about your Achilles. That's, yeah. what, that's exactly yeah. what that is. Brian. I was thinking that too. That's yeah. exactly what it is. Speaking of KD, I mean, what are your favorite moves that you've seen so far? Maybe favorite is the wrong label, but Let me the ask, ones you've been watching. This KD and Kyrie thing. How is this working? Because if you can't play with Westbrook and Kyrie can't play with LeBron. How do, how do they plan to play with each other? Then what's even worse, you have young players, which Kyrie does not seem to gel with younger players. And this year he's going to have to be that guy because right. KD's out. But then that's then, then what happens when KD comes back yeah. after the season? Right. Because we know how, K, how Kyrie is when he's the main option. He's going to dribble before half the, the, the shot clock. And then shoot it after that. He's not going to do much else to help anyone else that's around him. And when KD comes back, how do they play together? Because it's very odd that you know they play with similar people, and it didn't work out that way. Kyrie is. People look at Westbrook being more aggressive, taking more shots. Kyrie is not too far behind him in jacking up shots. And if KD can't do that with Westbrook, and if Kyrie can't play with one of the the arguably one of the best players with KD he couldn't play with LeBron Brian, how do you see that working? That one's tough. I mean, by all indications, this pairing is purely about the friendship in a deep mutual respect that they've formed with one another during their time with Team USA together. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think, you know, from what you hear, Katie looks at Kyrie in a just in terms of a basketball mind is being unique uh, from somebody else. But I'm with you. I don't necessarily understand how it's the best fit in the world. Um, I think KD's putting a lot of trust in Kenny Atkinson, head coach in Brooklyn, and Sean Marks, the general manager, based on the success that they've been able to have in such a short time. I mean, when Sean Marks came into town, the Nets were still reeling from the trade with Boston. They had a terrible team. They had no assets. And within three years, they were able to turn into a playoff team. So I think there's just a lot of trust there that between Kenny Atkinson being a more in-your-face guy uh, than potentially Brad Stevens was in uh, Boston, uh, and between Sean Marks running the organization much like the Spurs are run, uh, that just there's going to be a greater ability to reel everybody in and get on the same page there. And I think getting these two does not guarantee uh, you're automatically hitting the finals. Because you have to, you have to jive with the rest of them, with Karis LeVert and, and Spencer Dinwiddie and the young and Allen and the younger players they have, and then you have to wait on KD, and then they're going to have to have to uh, mesh together and get a chemistry going. This is not an automatic slam dunk that you get these two or the one for this for this next upcoming season. And it's automatic that you're in the Eastern Conference Finals or you make it to the finals. Yeah. And the ultimate risk here that everyone has to just sort of pinch themselves and remember is nobody has any idea what Kevin Durant will look like when he comes back mm-hmm. from a I mean, It's such a tough to come back from. I mean, you know, that that injury alone. I mean, yeah. you're going to be 75 percent, maybe. Right. And it's, I mean, everybody's different. I shouldn't say that. You have no idea. You have no idea. Yeah. And it's how you it's how they manage it. And that's another thing with the coaching staff and the medical staff. Once he gets back. You're not throwing him in to play 40 yeah. minutes a game. Right. You How how do you manage his minutes? Especially, he's not going to play a lot starting off. He's not going to play back-to-back. So, three games, he's not going to do any of that till maybe after the All-Star break, depending on 
his recovery. Yeah, I mean, John Wall's going to miss the whole year. Right. Yeah, Kevin Durant's not playing basketball next year. No, no, I'm talking about season after next. Oh, okay, okay. Because season after next, you you can't just throw him into the fire. You have to manage minutes. And how how is that going to look? And they're not going to be able to click if Durant is in and out, in and out, in and out, and doesn't really get uh, get going. Let's let's say he gets going after the All Star break, and that's wishful thinking, because it could take much longer for him to get in game shape and to really know that he's healthy and his Achilles is totally healed. I expect the same with Wall season after next. Yeah, I mean, everybody seems to expect that KD will have an easier time returning to form over a guy like John Wall because at the end of the day, KD's game is not reliant on his athleticism. He's still 6'11 with a 7'6 wingspan and one of the best shooters in the game. He will be able to get his shot over people whenever he wants still. But we just have no idea if Kevin Durant goes from being one of the best three players in the world to one of the best 30 players in the world. And if that's the difference post Achilles, that's tough. You know, that's you're not getting what you think you are at that point. Yeah. And everything's the world. It's going to be so different in a year. Yeah. Anyway, you know, it's not like Kyrie has been perfectly healthy all all the time. time Yeah. He's he's got another. And he's selfish. That that and he's hurt all the time. Yeah, you know, I mean, you put you look at the names. That's great, but if you when you look at their injury history, yeah, all right, damn, what, are they actually really going to put something? I'd have taken Kemba Walker over Kyrie right now. Oh, in a heartbeat, in a heartbeat, and that and it's it's great for Boston because Kemba comes in. And it doesn't take away from Tatum, doesn't mm-hmm. take away from Brown right. or any of the young players that they have. Kyrie took away. Mm-hmm. And then with Hayward, Hayward is such an unassuming star or max player because he doesn't need the spotlight. Just let him stay healthy let and do, do his thing. thing. Yeah. He can play with anybody. The reason why that didn't work, and you saw Tatum and Brown both take, and Rogier and Smart take steps back from what they did in the playoffs because Kyrie came in and dominated. Kimba doesn't have to do that. Kemba and Hayward can be very effective playing off of other people. Mm-hmm. And you can allow Tatum, who I think should be the next ascending star on that roster, he can still develop with having players as good as Hayward and Kemba play alongside of him. So you guys mentioned John Wall and the very long road back. What about the Wizards during free agency? Do they still have it? They still around? <laughs> well, look, they, they applied for, speaking of John Wall. They applied for the, the, uh, the uh, disabled, disabled player. That, that sounds very... It, well, it, oh, that it just is. means he's, he's just, not playing at he's all. Not playing this the season, year. yeah. So, but if there's a way knew. to get an extra potential yeah, right, piece, yeah. and I saw some of the numbers, yeah, nine, nine million, yeah, nine million to do. It's not. It's not a. You can use it whichever way you want to. Yeah, they have a mid-level. They have the mid-level trade exception, but that's only trades and signing trades. You can use this to go out and sign a free agent. You can claim someone off waivers. You could also use it as a trade. I don't know why you need exception. to with Dwight Howard coming back. What do you need anything else for? Oh, huh? Hey. Oh. huh? You oh, know come what? on, people. <laughs> and and, 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 and I take my head off to Tommy Shepard because people are, are upset about Isaiah Thomas. For what reason? This is this is so low risk. Two million dollars. It's like you know I re, you know how I kind of possible high reward. You know I kind of relate that to like the Case Keenum signing. Right. But you people know. try to compare it to, oh, it's this year's Dwight Howard. No, it's not. Nah. Because no sane I person. I shouldn't say Case Keenum. Keenum doesn't have injury history, but as far as cost. Right. Yeah. No sane person outside of Ernie Grunfeld <laughs> gives Dwight Howard the money he did and a player option. I There's still, no way in hell he should have had a player I option. I still don't believe that he actually did it. 
<laughs> Dwight knew what he was doing. Dwight's no dummy. No, he's he's not. Dwight also knew that there was a very slim chance that he was going to play yeah. more than half Brian, a season. Brian, what did he play last year? 12 games, something like that, if that? Seven or nine. It was yeah, either geez. seven or nine. Yeah. So you got him. So you still stuck with Mahimi. At least Thomas Bryant is back. I'm happy about that. They had to do what they had to do with Sato. Couldn't pay him. Three years, 30 mil, what he got with the Bulls. And you get a couple second round picks and you go out, you know. You can you can you, you can do something. You got Dish and you got then you got Isaiah. Ish Smith now. is is very capable. Yeah. I like I thought we should have kept Ish before, but when we had Ish, the numbers weren't yeah. right at four point guys. We had too many. So you he went to Detroit, played well. Between him and IT, they are very capable. I would still, just in case IT's hip He's never going to be what he was, uh-huh. and maybe, and he hasn't played well. He's been on three different teams and hasn't done a damn thing since Boston. I would still go after Quinn Cook, maybe try to get him on a two-year deal. Homegrown, it's time for him to stay. He's not going with KD, which was rumored that they could be a package deal. He's not going to the Nets. They don't need him. He's not. They rescinded the offer sheet in uh, Golden State, so he is an unrestricted free agent right now. So he's not restricted anymore. So he's going somewhere. Why not bring him home? Because you still need some insurance there. And they need a small forward. Brian, do they have zero small forwards? Yeah, I mean, they're not too deep at that position coming into where we are right now. I mean, it depends who you think a small forward is. I think they look at Troy Brown as a small forward. Um, And I think it's important at this point that Troy Brown go into the year is hopefully the starting small forward. Cause uh-huh. I think the reality of the situation here for the wizards and Tommy Shepard is they came, they came into this off season with no wiggle room, just none and really no ability to do much of anything because you had, what was it? Eight or I think it might've been 10 free agents Yes, uh, at the end of last year, many of them restricted and based on the salary cap situation, the team is in with John's uh, Supermax kicking in this season. It was never going to be realistic for them to be able to keep more than two of their own guys. Mm-hmm. I think it hurts that Jeff green left right. yeah, uh, was, going yeah, to Utah. Utah. Utah did a hell of a job this mm-hmm. off season. They sure have, but you know, you can't blame Jeff for leaving. No. Not at all. If he's going to take a minimum contract, would you rather take it for a team that's going to be contending to win the mm-hmm. West next year, or would you rather take it from a team that's probably not going to make the playoffs which, in the East? Which is odd for Ariza to go to Sacramento. How are you? I, I, I get which is you. I Trevor agree Ariza? Ariza went to Sacramento. Now, I get Green, like you just yeah. said, going to uh, take another one-year contract with a contender. So what's that, what Sacramento is, is winning what? They're not winning nothing. No. Sac- no uh, Sacramento's a pretty nice up-and-coming squad. No. I mean, they, not, they pushed not, not for not the, the way the West looks for now. about 70 games last year. They ended up fading in the last 10. But, Brian, look at look at what the West is loaded, loaded. Now, there's a lot of teams, and I don't think they, they are going to slip back down because a lot of teams have, have uh, the Pelicans, Denver – Utah. I think people are jumping the gun on the Pelicans big time. Um, I mean, I'm just saying I that they have they, they done a nice put some job. pieces together. I don't together. think they're postseason ready. Well, well, no, I mean, there's going to be competition. I'm not saying all these teams are postseason ready, but adding on to some of the teams that are already there, I think Sacramento, it, mm, I don't know. They I might look, have a nice pieces, but yeah. 
but in reality, Trevor Ariza got more money from Sacramento than the right. Wizards were probably willing to offer. But I mean, I was saying wanted- the difference between when you mentioned Green going for a contender and Ariza going for money is 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 the comparison I was making. Because sure, but he's still leaving for a much better team. I mean, the, the as it stands now, is, you, as it stands now, maybe yeah, Sacramento much is much more ready to compete okay. next year than the Wizards are, and it's a sad reality. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, you look at what Tommy Shepard has done, and you do have to give him a lot of credit because uh-huh. if there's anything we saw from Ernie Grunfeld over 15 years, he did not value second round picks whatsoever. No. Yeah, and he's loading and, up on him now. Yeah, he is. And Tommy is loaded up. He not only, you know, buys a second round, he gets Ted Leonsis to agree to buying a second round pick, which turns into Admiral Schofield, who there's potential there to be a three and D player off the bench. I'm, the I'm very interested in seeing him uh, this come, yeah. coming up in summer league summer this league. weekend. He'll be very interesting to watch. And, you know, you, you make the trade, you get involved in a trade that was already happening for AD to get Mo Wagner mm-hmm. uh, to a guy get they liked a guy, la- a guy they liked they last year. They worked him out twice yeah. last year. I exactly. like Mo Wagner. Yeah, I, I think that's a great pickup. He can shoot a little and bit. And then as oh, soon yeah. as you realize you weren't going to match on Sadoransky, you turn it into getting the 2023 second round protection off and you get a 2020 next year second round pick whichever one is better of Chicago or Memphis, that's going to be a really good second round pick. Neither one mm. of those teams is probably one of those teams will be one of the five worst in the league next year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you're getting the fa- more favorable second round pick from Chicago or Memphis next year, it's basically the equivalent to a late first rounder. So Tommy Shepard's doing a nice job when he has very little path to get assets mm-hmm. to acquire minimal assets. Meanwhile, you look at the opportunity Ernie Grunfeld had last season. He had Trevor Ariza, who the team wasn't going to keep after next year. Yeah. Didn't trade him at the deadline. You could have traded Jeff Green for at least a second round pick. Mm-hmm. Didn't trade him. And the guys you ended up getting for Otto Porter are likely all they're gone. gone. All of them, Unless right? they re-sign Jabari Parker. Yeah, they get this, let me ask you this, Brian. Is there they, any word on the Parker? Nothing move, no movement on Parker? Someone said they saw him on a plane to Dallas yesterday. No. But I don't know what that The means. market is still apparently developing yeah. on Parker, so I wouldn't rule out a return. Especially uh, if they Bobby get, if they get the disabled. Knicks, right? Knicks. He's Bob with the Knicks. went to New York yeah, yeah. for yeah, a number get, that the Wizards knew they were never going to oh, no. pay. Yeah. Right, of course. But if they, if they get the disabled uh, exception... You think they could possibly is, would that be enough to get Jabari? Because I know so he had they, a twenty mil option. They definitely couldn't do that. Yeah. Even if they don't get the um, disabled player exception in time, they still have they a mid-level. traded player yeah. exception for Markeith Morris, uh-huh. which is about eight point six million. Mm-hmm. So I think at this point, if you're Tommy, you're just sitting to see who's signing where, who's left over, and who might be the highest ceiling guy out there. Mm-hmm that you can plug into the roster who yeah. will be willing to take a chance on a one-year deal where, you know, just like Isaiah Thomas, he came to D.C. for opportunity. Who is another guy who will maybe come for one year for the opportunity of uh-huh. playing big minutes and trying to raise their stock for next year? And you know what? You can look at young other young players who are out there. I would take a flyer on Rondé Hollis-Jefferson. We don't have small forwards. We need young guys that are defensive-minded, and he's definitely that. He's out there. And I don't, I don't think Rondé will cost you too much at this point. He, I think he would be uh, well within their budget 
So I, I wouldn't mind a, a, another, you know, I, he's not a 3 and D player, but he, he can score a little bit. But you you need somebody that's going to play some defense over there. Yeah, that's true. But the other thing that you, we do need to keep in mind for this team, they still need to be looking more than anything for how to replenish their coffers of assets. Because mm. the reality is they are not going to have a roster that is going to be able to do much more than at the best compete for the eighth spot in the East. That's, you know, and that's like... You, and that's, that's being generous. generous. That's high, yeah. That's, you know that's like counting on Isaiah Thomas bounces back, is fully right. healthy, yeah, and is exactly. putting in 18 points a game again. Hey, Brian, let me ask you this. So what, so this whole Tommy Shepard thing, yeah, he's doing the job, doing a great job. So, so I guess, what is the holdup? As far as announcing him now, I know Ernie Grunfeld got an extension on the DL. Nobody knew about right. it. I mean, there's no chance Tommy's been told he's got this job. I don't think, but and no one else wants it. What's that? No one else wants it. It is. Yeah, I, that's what I'm saying. So what? So at this point, what is the holdup? Why not? Look, you're, you're gonna fans see it. They're gonna see anything better than? Are they gonna see that he, he works on Ernie Grunfeld? But I think that fans, smart basketball fans, will see that he does. He is his own person now making the moves, and he's not just going to be a continuation of the Ernie Grunfeld era. So what is the holdup as far as making an official announcement that you have a GM since summer league starting? We're past the draft. We're into free agency. I honestly have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) But it's as simple as that, right? It's like, what are we waiting for? There's no no secret weapon that Ted's going to come up with here. And at this point, that would just be just, you know, no offense, but that, I mean, well, you know, the That'd business is what it is, but that would be awful for Tommy Shepard. That would be a, and a guy that's to, to be removed now yeah. after all this. And you're going to bring a new guy. And, and is a new guy going to come in here with the roster basically already built? The head coach is already in place, which Ted's not going to get rid of at this no point. No GM wants that. Yeah. No yeah, one. It, no one it, worth their salt is going to want that situation. So you leave it then the person that put it together. Because if you bring someone in with a different mindset, that doesn't make any sense. No. It's a kick in the nuts right now. If you right. if he, you're going in the summer league. We're yeah. we're transitioning. It's All July. season is about over. It's July, right? We're getting in. We're in free agency, and he's in the in the middle of the mix, making What's these it been moves. Three months. Yeah, something like yeah, that. Yeah, it was. It was. It was April second. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I, it would be nothing less than disastrous mm-hmm. at this point if somebody else got hired. Yeah. And missed out on a fundamental reshaping offseason. Now, the good mm-hmm. news for that person, if that was to happen is that Tommy's done a pretty good job in the past three months. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's true. It's not as if it's, a, it's you know, it, it no. is what it is. You know He's, the situation is what it is, regardless of The situation of who, will have been about right. the same as it would Correct. have been. Right. He salvaged as um, much as he could. He made, yeah. as they say, chicken salad, chicken salad out of chicken, you right. know, the rest. And you're not yeah. trading. He's, he's they're not the trading. Could. They're not trading Bradley Beal. No. It's not happening. No. I, it, it would have as to be very dire situation. As much as Dimitri says it's going to happen, <laughs> it's not going to happen. I just don't see where the deal is. And yeah, trade it where? Right. Miami has zero assets. I wish people would shut up with the Miami. I know. They have I nothing know. to trade. The Lakers have nothing to trade. I feel bad for Bradley Beal. I, well, I, I take this back. If as a competitor and as a basketball player, I feel bad for him. But, but the, you know, yeah. the, as he's doing, we're about to get a super max. I don't feel bad for him there. But, <laughs> right. No jealousy But, but in the situation, you know. But you know what? This is a big opportunity for Bradley Beal, too, because we all in the D.C. market, I think, appreciate how good he is. I think mm-hmm. a lot of us believe he got Ag- snubbed agreed. for All-NBA this yes. year. He's going to have, for the first time in his career, a full season to where he shows up to training camp on day one, and yep. it's his team. It's not John's team next year because John's not going to be there. It's going to be Bradley's team. Yep. Mm-hmm. He has an opportunity to prove that he is – 
an actual A-list superstar and not just an all-star who puts up great numbers but can't impact winning and losing to the level that you would hope of an all-NBA type performer. He has that opportunity this year, so it'll be interesting to see uh, what he can do with it. But the one thing that I do just want to circle back to with what the Wizards we should be looking out for something they may do. They may hold on to those exceptions because the one thing that you'll see is come deadline time or maybe even before that, whether it's a disgruntled player on a contending team that somebody's just looking to move on from or whether it's a team that's trying to get under the uh, – luxury tax before the all or before the trade deadlines over there will be teams looking to shed salary and they will have to attach draft compensation to it to get rid of it and mm-hmm. the wizards could use one of their exceptions especially if they get the disabled player exception to do just that if the opportunity comes up Atlanta took Atlanta has taken full advantage of also on top of their great draft they took advantage like Brian said of getting assets and filling up their coffers because they took on some a couple bad contracts a couple expiring contracts I should say and what it will do in 2020 is potentially open up the spot for two max spots to go along with the young core mm-hmm. six players that they've added first year guys and rookies and and second year players that they already have in place, now you open up spots in another next season for potentially two max players. So I, I think Atlanta, that's that's almost the blueprint of what you want to do. You've I mean, got, you, want, you can open up that spot and you've got six young guys that are a hell of a quarter to, to build around. To build around, yeah. If you want the real blueprint, though, it's Brooklyn. Like, if you want to know yeah. how Brooklyn gets Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving three years after being in the worst shape yeah. in the NBA... Yeah. It's because when they created salary cap space, they didn't go and just sign people for the sake of signing him. Mm-hmm. They used it to acquire assets. You think of, look, the Wizards dumped Andrew, Andrew Nicholson, Nicholson into yes. Brooklyn to get Boyan Bogdanovich, uh, and that, that turns mm-hmm. into Jared Allen, right. who's an attractive asset. And mm-hmm. by absorbing a draft pick, that's how they got Karis LeVert. By taking on the Mozgov contract mm-hmm. from the Lakers, that's how they get D'Angelo Russell, right. uh, who turns you know their fortunes around a bit. So there are ways to be creative even when you're stuck. And I think that's one of the reasons why potentially we haven't seen the Wizards use uh, the Markeith Morris trade, uh, traded player exception yet is because there will be opportunities. I think of a team like the Bucks. Mm-hmm. Um, who are because of the Middleton contract that they just signed because of uh, the Bledsoe extension they had because they re-upped with Brooke Lopez. They're going to be very close to the luxury tax. That's an ownership group that probably doesn't want to be in the luxury tax before they uh, do Giannis's extension. So look at Ursan Ilyasova to be a guy they might be mm-hmm. trying to get rid of and get out of the door. And they will be looking for teams to take on that contract, and they might have to attach a first-round pick to do so. They traded Thonmaker, so I, I, they, they were definitely – they got rid of Snell. Mm-hmm. So they were definitely the type of team to do that. Kawhi has now he's 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 meeting with Toronto. Uh, he's been the last shoe to drop. I don't know who he's holding up because Boogie Cousins doesn't have a market at this point. How about that? Well, what do you? I can't blame yeah. him for not wanting to sign him. Yeah, but I does think, Kawhi even take a meeting with Toronto if they're out? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't, I don't think he unless he's being very nice 
to go and but politely. But he's different than anybody else. Nobody right. knows what he's thinking. Unless you're going to sit down and politely tell them no yeah. thank you right. to their face. Right. Or just to be, look, I felt like I owed you a face-to-face. But have we ever seen, if he were to leave a championship team, have we ever seen that? Like, to, to, to someone was talking, where was I watching? It was one of the NBA shows. It's the only thing someone could really kind of compare that to is when Jordan retired the first time. Yeah. To, to voluntarily leave a championship team to go to a non-team or retire, whatever. But and, and why would you want to go to the West right now? Yeah. Well, that it, ties even, a, a bow on what I was talking about before because it's stylish, it's right. fashionable yeah. to do that. Yeah. But maybe he's oh, smart right. enough to stay. Yeah. Wouldn't it be the smartest move to stay with Toronto? If you, if you want to win another, you have a best chance to win another championship. Yes. Yeah. Or if you go, why go? If you go to Lakers, LeBron and AD. I mean, you know, that's, that's nice. But like Dimitri was saying, that's but part of that. The West, the West is stacked. Yeah. And even Brian bringing up the Kings solidifies even more that the West is stacked. The East, I don't care if, where Kyrie and, and, and uh, KD is not playing this year. You That Toronto team is intact. Are they not? For the most part, they're intact. If he returns, they'd have starting five back. If Danny they're, Green yeah, resigns. They're intact. Yeah. I, and I think if he comes back, Danny stays. Correct. So I think that the smartest thing uh, for him, if he wants to have the best shot or easier path of repeating, stay in Toronto. Because no, no, not many pieces has moved from that team. And right now, you ride that as long as you can. Because at some point, if Siakam keeps going the way he's going, he's going to have to get paid at some point. Mm-hmm. So you try to, if you're Toronto, you would hope he comes back and you try to keep this core intact as long as you can. Cause, and, and Lowry's not a young man anymore. Correct. Semi. But he's been around longer than people think. So, ride this wave yeah. with the East being what it is right now, take full advantage. I think the Lakers is the easier path. Well, I, I think, think so. that top to bottom, the Western Conference is definitely better. Mm-hmm. But if he was to go back to Toronto, the Bucks are still a great team. The Sixers look like they will once again be a great team. I think you have to, if you're in the Eastern Conference right now, if you looked at the playoffs last year, what Toronto had to go through, they had to go through a battle with Philly, a battle with Milwaukee, a battle then in the finals. The West, it was a pretty easy path for Golden State. It was really just Golden State and Houston who were legitimate title contenders last year. Portland was in the three seed. They weren't contenders. Denver was really good, but they weren't contenders. If you're Kawhi Leonard and you go to the Lakers with Golden State down, number one, you're playing with the best three-man pairing the game's potentially ever seen uh, with LeBron and Anthony Davis. And then the other side of it is by pairing yourself with Anthony Davis, you are definitely going to be great for the next eight years. You know, it goes beyond when LeBron's eventually done. Whereas with Toronto, I think there is a much shorter timeline, much shorter lifespan there. I get what you're saying. I I tend to disagree because I I think that it's a gauntlet in the West. And I I don't think that the East... But is it a gauntlet in the regular season or the playoffs? Because I think it's more of a regular season gauntlet than it's a playoff gauntlet. Cause I, th- I think it, it's it's going to look different. I think that the West and, and what's being done right now in free agency with some of these teams, I think it's going to look different than what it did last year in the postseason. I think it's a little, I'm not going to say an even playing field, but still it's it's more than just Golden State and Houston at this point, whether Kawhi goes to the Lakers or not, they'll be in the mix. There's a, there's a, and I think Denver and some other teams get better. 
But I, I, I think I just don't see in the East. You've got okay, Philly, okay, uh, the Bucks, Boston, Boston. Now, yeah. If Kawhi stayed in Toronto, and if you were to ask me who are the top five championship contenders for this year, I think I would say four of them would be in the East. Mm. Yes, the West is full of really, really good teams, but actual title contenders, I'm not so sure. Agree to disagree, because I, I don't. I, <laughs> he, he's a lot more. He's a lot more sold on the Sixers and the Bucks. Milwaukee. I yeah, I, I think I think they have. We'll see what what the rest of the. Uh, off-season bears in terms of free agency, but I think there's there's a little bit of a, a, a cap on both of them. But you know, as far as ce- a ceiling, you mean? As ceiling, far as where they can, yeah. how far they go? But for now, yeah. But in terms of, and also when you talk about uh, the Raptors and what they could do going forward, I have full confidence that you Masai Ujiri can put something together that will sustain for longer than uh, most people think. He's not going anywhere, obviously. Nothing. No, he's not going. He's not coming here. The one thing with Toronto and trying to stay at championship level, Kyle Lowry is aging. Mm-hmm. He will eventually just not be, you know, that third wheel next to Kawhi and Siakam. A lot of that core is aging. And the one thing that we just have not seen, we haven't seen marquee free agents go there. If Kawhi re-signs, they will have been able to keep a player. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But – it's are we so sure that Masai is going to be able to actually recruit big-time free agents to Toronto? I, I, think I don't have a reason to believe that. That's a good point. Yes, no, it it's never been that destination. No, it, it hasn't. Yeah. But I, I think Masai could be building the anti-super team in terms of uh, getting well, guys not like— not one lottery pick on that team. Right. He, right. He put together that team, you know, because he can—you don't necessarily—maybe he's from the standpoint that you don't necessarily have to put together— an all-star team of big names in order to win championships. Maybe one, and that's Kawhi, and you put the proper pieces around him, like how it used to be when we were talking about the old school earlier, and you put the proper pieces around him for them to win. He could be taking a a totally different philosophy than a lot of other teams that want to put together an all-star team or an all-time Super Hall of Fame team. He could be going for, for, you know what, I can have one superstar and I can put enough around him that we can win. Yeah, my one thing is I don't think people really like Toronto should have been considered a super team. Mm-hmm. Marcus All was an all-star like two years ago. Serge Ibaka was an all-star like three years ago. Still Danny old. Green's a champion. Kyle Lowry's a multiple time all-star. I mean, mm-hmm. none of these guys are guys who were top 15 in the league but Toronto just filled themselves up with veterans through trades who were looking for a title that were recent all-stars and guys whose ceilings were like top 25 in the league so like they were a super team just in a different sense than we're used to yeah I I think super I wouldn't I wouldn't apply super team I would say they they did put together but a a lot of those guys you mentioned you know are long in the tooth yes they've been all-stars at this point in their career they're complimentary players when we say super team we're looking at LeBron and AD. We're looking at LeBron, Wade, Bosch in their yeah, prime. All You're looking NBA at Ray guys, Allen, yeah. uh, Pierce, definition, and different, Garnett. Different, yeah. So the definition, you know, super team is having at least three all-stars. Top tier. Those guys th- that you mentioned, yes, they have been all-stars. But right now, in the way they play, they were meant to be complementary pieces. They played well within the system. When you say super team, you're thinking about... 
three uh, Mount Rushmore of three names. You know, I, that, I know that what all you're saying. I'm just Hall saying, like, if you're to evaluate the talent that was on this Toronto team and the name power that was on this Toronto team versus the last two Kobe Bryant championship teams in L.A., like, and you just looked at it that way, you would be like, holy crap, that Toronto team was stacked. When I hear those names, it doesn't ring the same bells as it did before. You say Marcus Okay, he he was very good. It it doesn't to me. It doesn't ring the same when you say Serge Ibaka. Serge Ibaka. I think back. Yes, a couple years ago, Serge Ibaka was good. Lowry is 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 not as uh, consistent. I don't really mark Green with them because Green's younger. Not Van Vliet either. Van Vliet is not. No, not he's not in that. Yeah. Tom, he's 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 a role player. That's what he is. He's a very good one, but he's a role player. Those teams, yeah, they those are were names, but right now they just to me they don't carry the same weight or the same cachet as they did if you mentioned it a couple years ago. Well, let me uh, push us off Toronto and try to end on a positive note with the Wizards. We know that almost every move this team makes right now is to make up for a past mistake, to dig themselves Mm -hmm. out of a hole. Mm -hmm. Has has that poison been flushed out of the system, or is that going to go on for a few years? It's on the way. Making sure they kept Thomas Bryan and read him up, knowing that you're going to be able to purge yourself of Dwight and finally Mahimi's big, huge mistake of a contract. Now you have Thomas Bryant, young, he's a young player. You've got Brown. You can try to add some things. So pushing that out of there and, and getting some flexibility. But I, I, I think eventually it will go, and I think Shepard can do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I thought one of the most important re-signings was Thomas Bryant. I would agree. I thought Thomas Bryant was the top priority to mm-hmm. bring back. Um, I think if, if you're looking for reasons to be optimistic or what you would like to see out of this season, I think the biggest priority for this team, you have to really emphasize developing Troy Brown Jr., Rui Hachimura, Mo Wagner, Thomas Bryant. Like mm. these young guys who will have opportunities to get minutes need to develop and take major leaps throughout the course of the year. It can't be something that they just wait to do in the last 20 games of the season when they're presumably out of the playoff picture. They need to start from day one emphasizing the development of those young guys. And you hope that Bradley Beal and Isaiah Thomas can be the veteran leaders that do enough to keep the team competitive for as long as possible this year. And Brooks can't keep Very throwing well them said. to the go-go. Yeah. If you want to do that, Brooks cannot keep throwing people to the go-go no. like they did last year with Brian and Brown every other week. Boom. If you're going to go with them, like Brian said, and I agree with that wholeheartedly, you got to keep them up there with 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 the big team. You can't. It, I think he will now. I think now this year and then, is not going to have his money. The option. Yeah, he's he doesn't have, have choice. The, yeah. yeah. Now and then, fine. If you feel like someone yeah. needs, you know, to go to the G League and he's not getting the minutes in a rotation, that's fine. But the yo-yo effect last yeah. year with those two was mind blowing. It was very I think you're gonna frustrating. See a different, I think you're going to see a different whole plan of attack this year. They said LeBron's out of our way now. Yes. Yeah. fifty wins in conference finals is the goal. Well, and that's a great goal to have when everybody's here and you get people. That's great. But yeah, come on. Of course, let's, yeah. let's, look at, let's get to thirty because they set those expectations so high. Right. I think that played into why they held on to them. When they come into training camp this year. We have a lot of young pieces who we need to get NBA 
ready fast. And yeah. that's got to be the goal. That's now. the goal. Yeah, I agree. Have a good holiday, everybody. Thank thanks, you. Brian. All right, thanks, man. Appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Hey, thank you to Brian Albin, host of Wizards Radio 24-7. Follow our podcast on Twitter at DMV Sports Round 1. The DMV Sports Roundtable is on Apple Podcasts, the Podcast One app, podcastone.com, and WTOP's mobile app. Just tap listen. For Jamal and George, I'm Dimitri. And for Redskins fans, large and small, all around the world, God help us. We'll